0: Trek Companion. This is episode 282. I am your host, Brian Williams.
1: I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry.
0: And today we are going to be discussing the 10 short tricks. 10 as of the date of this recording. There's no indication they're going to make any more, but as of November 2021, we have 10. Uh, nine of these were released on the short Tricks Blu-ray and the 10th one children of mars that one was released on the picard blu-ray set and of course they're all available certainly on paramount plus i don't know if these things are on youtube or what you know uh, i mean the reason they got made in the first place was just because they were you know wanted to keep as much streaming content as they could that's what that's where the money came from folks (laughs) you know and so these were these were all aired between before season three correct or
2: no no the uh there was four between season one and two, and then five between seasons two and three.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So Runaway, Calypso, The Brightest Star, and The Escape Artist were all before season two?
2: Yes. And the rest, I guess, all six, I suppose, even though one is a Picard.
0: Q&A, yeah. The Trouble with Edward, Ask Not, Ephraim, Dot, The Girl Who Made the Stars and Children of Mars were all before season three.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. We are not going to do any six degrees today. We're going to limit ourselves uh, to a few minutes on each one of these because there's a lot of material to get through and we really don't want to be, uh, we don't want to have a two-hour podcast for uh, these shorts. So we're going to fly and uh, without further ado, here we go.
3: Sir, Ensign Spock reporting for duty. No
0: need to shout, Ensign Spock.
3: The Enterprise picked up a
2: distress call from the USS Bauman. I need you to let me out of here.
4: You're a prisoner. Your orders carry no weight anymore.
1: When this is all done, you'll never see the inside of a starship again. People call them triples. Pretty darn cute. Aww. There's been a lab breach. I made one of the most
3: important discoveries of our time!
2: any weakness or they will eat you alive.
4: Good luck out there.
2: Away original release date October 4th, 2018. Directed by Maha Vrillo, written by Ginny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman. Cast includes Mary Wiseman as Sylvia Tilly, Yadira Guevara Prip as mayani Ika holly Kapo, Mimi Kuzik as Sia Bon, Milton Barnes as Deck Crew, and Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer.
1: Following a discussion with her mother, Sylvia Tilly encounters a young Exian stowaway named Mejia Kahali Ka Po. Tilly, who is accustomed to taking orders from others, decides to make decisions by herself to help Poe return home in time for her coronation.
0: You know, we've seen this, I guess, with some other uh, other things. Um, Pixar comes to mind. They have these. They do shorts that they can kind of try out new talent, let people learn some new jobs and and find out who's good at what. Uh it lets the the artists get more, you know, work and learn things and I f- I feel like that was part of the the intent here too. So you you get to see a couple of the actors maybe doing something a little different. You get to see, you know, Tilly be a lead for example in this episode of uh, of the short treks. Steve what were you thinking about this one?
2: Well, yeah, I, I like um, I like Mary Wiseman as Tilly. I think this is a, is a good showcase for her, her, her quirky humor and that kind of stuff. So it's fun. It it's At some point, it gets to feeling a little long. You know, these first four uh, are... Yeah,
0: they're more all, like 15 minutes instead of 10. Huh? Yeah, they yeah.
2: basically cut them in half, kind of, when they move yeah. to the next round. And so maybe this is one of the reasons that it's hard. It's, depending on what you're talking about, it gets a little it's hard to fill it all hard to fill the time or you it gets a little slow in spots or something yeah i feel like like a jerk saying
0: a short film should have been shorter but yeah (laughs) i I feel like generally uh, these first few could probably have have lost a minute or something
2: yeah and this one certainly um i mean i just read what the notes i took and it's like how would this fill that much time well that's part of the problem probably it's why it was spelled slow in spots but i I like i like her and i I think the character's fun and it was you know a good showcase for her because you also get kind of that Day in the life stuff you don't get to see much either is because they can they can say oh let's she's having a chat with her mom or she's Mm -hmm. ordering her beverage or this kind of stuff that's 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 fun that's cool. It gets a little I don't know it almost gets a little grandiose by the end with the whole we're gonna make the character oh she's actually leader of these people or something like that and it's a big they make it all a big deal I don't know if that was the right way to go because it 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 just kind of lose interest or something but uh, you know it's it's all right.
0: I do wonder. I'm assuming they knew that they were using this character uh, in the next season, near the end of the next season. Yeah, you were. think it's no, no sure.
2: telling. I suppose you know. I mean, because we, it's hard to, it's hard to know. Yeah.
0: Adam, your first thoughts here?
1: I felt a lot of the same way as Steve did. Tilly's, um, Tilly's a lot of fun. There's some fun moments in this, uh, in this episode. Obviously, when um, the the crew shift is changing over, and she's in the. Um, Basically, the destroyed mess hall. The look on her she face. I mean, she's a
0: rabbit or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's she's very. You know, we've we've often said this. She's um. We I enjoy Tilly, and I think you guys. I mean, we do. Um, she's a good character, and she's portrayed very well. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, look on her face. It's just classic. It's kind of like what we kind of got to know from Tilly from season one, and obviously this going into season two, she kind of starts to mature a little bit. But this this story kind of falls in line with her. She's always her character is kind of the one who you know if she was she's kind of like the young mother she's she wants to take care of everybody so she you know like that she kind of has that mothering feeling you know you see that with burnham and um other characters stamets where she's so this is in, this is in line with her and how um she behaves in the show and in her character um obviously um yeah you I have no idea you guys are probably right that who knows if they were going to include this into season two, but it it wasn't included till the end, but I mean, maybe they realize, Oh, we got this extra storyline that kind of makes sense. And a lot of these do kind of tie in some way or another, um, into the, into the storylines of not just discovery, but, um, other shows as well as I we'll see going forward. So I I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it is a little bit long. It drags. I was thinking about that too. When I was writing up the, the synopsis, I was like, man, was this really 15 minutes? It doesn't feel like 15 minutes, but, um, yeah that's i kind of i think they're better when they shorten them up in the in the next round
0: yeah they they have a good uh kind of relationship the two of them yeah i just i I agree that they could have shortened all of those scenes up or even maybe i don't know about cutting one out but definitely cutting it in half you know we, we start to feel kind of ahead of the episode a little bit i think good relationship uh what's this episode about
1: I think in a lot of ways it's a coming to age story. You know, both characters are having to deal with um, um, their lives. You know, Tilly's a young Starfleet officer and she wants to be captain, and you know, it's coming to, to grips with that and coming to grips with you know be, being becoming more mature. Obviously, the um, the long the the, the girl that does the stowaway. She's going to be queen, being be coordinated and that kind of thing. So it's, to me, it's coming of age story in a way.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's, you know, in fi- finding finding themselves and their their place with the, the style and the personality type they they are and how to make that work within a leadership role in some respect or at least, you know, as they as they go through life. Yeah, I can see that.
0: How does this one compare to the other short treks for you? Middle of the road, hot, top, bottom?
1: For me, I would say it's kind of middle of the road. I enjoyed—I mean, we'll get into this when we go down the line here. I enjoyed the second season shorts more than I did the first. Not that—not that these aren't good. I—I I, I enjoyed them all, but I would consider this one kind of middle of the road.
2: Yeah, I agree. Middle, middle to lower, maybe. Cool. All right, moving on. <laughs> Calypso. Original release date, November 8th, 2018. Directed by Olatunde Asensanmi. Story by Sean Cochran and Michael Shabon. Teleplay by Michael Shabon. Cast includes Aldous Hodge as Kraft, Annabelle Wallace as Zora's
1: voice, and Sash Striga as Zola. USS Discovery has held position in space for a thousand years, and its computer system, Zora, has become sentient. She retrieves a young passing escape pod carrying a man named Kraft. Zora keeps Kraft aboard the ship and begins to fall in love with him, but eventually lets him take Discovery's last shuttle to return to his family on Alcor.
0: Adam, kick us off on Calypso.
1: Calypso. So of all the episodes, the shorts that we're going to talk about today, this one um, kind of confuses me because it's the only one to me that doesn't relate to anything in Star Trek other than the fact that it's discovery it's the starship discovery. So, um, you know, at the end of season two, um, you know, when they jumped into, you know, into a thousand years in the future, I'm like, I thought to myself really like, Oh, well maybe we'll get what they were trying to do in Calypso. I didn't think about it too much. It just kind of, on to my head. I remember
0: thinking something like that at some point, too. And like, oh, because, and then you're like, oh, no, no, that doesn't work. Hold on.
1: Because, you know, the last, you know, the first episode we talked about, it relates to specifically into season two. The next one, the escape artist, it's not necessarily, doesn't really necessarily play into any storyline in, in start in, in what, what they're doing here, but it is Harry Mudd, so it's about a character. Um, and what is yeah, yeah. The brightest star. have
0: something, yeah. Yes, have something to this do one, with there's, what... There's really there's nothing i mean i i like chabin's script i I like the story i think more even more than the script i mean it's certainly the i don't know grandest and maybe prettiest uh, of all i I remember at one point him saying someday this i promise this will the the series will make this make sense but he's not even on the show anymore so i don't know if we're ever gonna get that right
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see them just letting it go. I mean, but I mean, are these, are these shorts considered, I guess they'd have to be considered canon all of them. Right. So so they're going to have to probably try and explain this at some point, or maybe not, who knows? Because obviously discovery is going to be, it's going to have a set. Is is this what the artificial and the, like maybe this is what the intelligence becomes on discoveries, you know, the, all the information they got from, who knows?
0: I guess I, I, I'm to the point where I I watched this one and I, I'm not, I'm kind of past trying to make it connect anymore, but just as a standalone piece, it kind of, I mean, I think it, it works for me. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a, for a computer being sentient and falling in love or something. But again, yeah. it, it's too long in my opinion, but.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It, it looks pretty. It's interesting. You know, I've, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about being on a ship like that alone. There's been movies, it's not a new concept in sci-fi. Um, so it's, it's definitely and it's definitely an interesting story, but that's like, Brian literally like, you know, tomorrow tomorrow or after we're done with the show i I probably won't think about it again (laughs) because i don't know Mm -hmm. if i'll ever watch this short again but i mean you know we're going through this and it's kind of just jogs it jogs in the head sure
0: steve first thoughts
2: yeah i i enjoy it overall i agree that it's hard to make it fit or it's it's the time i remember being kind of like man where are we going with this or what's what's going on but it is enjoyable as a standalone piece because it's 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 so big we this kind of this kind of story of a um artificial life and uh, you know engaging with the you know human in some respect especially just a one-on-one kind of thing has a it's a long history in science fiction i mean it's kind of a mainstay story but it's not been done this way at least for star trek so i i, I enjoy it i like the you know the uh, old film reference stuff too and what they did with that and um yeah it's it's, it's kind of a it's kind of just a float, float through it and don't try not to think too much about it kind of one i think well the best thing, way enjoy you know
0: it. we assume most of these I mean, compared to the average short film in the history of cinema, I'm sure these things were ridiculously expensive. Right. But for Star Trek, these all have a you know relatively low budget. Calypso is a perfect example of a high concept, low budget idea. We're gonna we can use all the existing sets. We have got to hire one actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, it's Hey, the crew. Well, I guess two, but one and a, one and a half. She's like in sure. one scene and then her voice or something, right? So
1: yeah. Well, did the movies, um, what movie did they use? I guess Paramount probably had to, had to be a Paramount movie. Or
0: it's a funny face.
1: Funny face. <laughs> because that could cost more than the whole production, getting the rights <laughs> to use footage from, from another movie. Right, right.
0: I'm sure all that, the cartoony stuff at the very, very beginning, that's all got to be public domain, right? Even Betty Boop, I think. those. I would think
2: so. so yeah. Yeah.
0: Public yeah. Domain. yeah, I like seeing Discovery, you know, in this, like, thousand years from now just been sitting there kind of state and i don't really understand where the dust comes from on the right. bridge but <laughs> um just you know it's just neat to wake it up what's this about
1: we kind of got into a little bit of you know what is sentient life what is love is you know it's the man and machine it's kind of it's it's another kind of a classic sci-fi story that we're talking been talking about you know being there's a kind of a couple of themes going on here being marooned being marooned on a ship um what is sentient life? can sense, you know, and what is love. So I think those are the kind of the concepts that they're hitting on here.
0: I, I like the way this one's directed, by the way, we didn't talk mm-hmm. about some of that mm-hmm. stuff, but just the way it opens with seeing uh, some like POV shots of the computer. There's, there's, you know, they're, they're trying some things out here. And I, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to let that go by. I'm sorry. So what were you, you going to say what it's about
2: no I, I i agree at the it's 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 kind of high concept a bit but it's yeah. it, it does focus on the relationship on love and what that means i mean essentially um it's all you know the uh the ship's computer finds a way to let him go you know even though you know you feel like she wants him to stay kind of thing and it's um that's kind of an old story you know but it's told in a very unique way here so Yeah, Yeah. well,
0: you know, it starts off, it's not like she doesn't, she doesn't become sentient during the 15 minute episode. It starts off that she is, did she become that way during those thousand years or something? I I don't know when that exactly happened, but she is lonely at the beginning of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, that's cool. That's interesting. I should say it's cool that she's upset. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. It's interesting. Bottom, middle or top of the pack? Compared to the other shorts.
2: For me, above average, above the middle. Yeah,
1: yeah middle, probably.
2: It's called cool. the same, yeah. All right. Moving on. The Brightest Star, original release date, December 6th, 2018. Directed by Douglas Arnie Okoski, written by Bo Kim and Erica Lippold. Cast includes Doug Jones as Saru, Hannah Spear as Serana, Robert Verlach as Aradar, and Michelle yo as Philippa Giorgio. <laughs>
1: On the planet Keminars, Saru wants to learn about life outside the pre-warp society of his village, where his people are harvested as food by the um, predatory Bahu. Saru is able to send a stress signal into space that is answered by Lieutenant Filibo Giorgio, who takes Saru to join Starfleet.
0: Steve, get us going on brightest star, the brightest star.
2: So yeah, this is one of my favorites of the batch if not my favorite period i, I think it's um and it, and out of these first this first group it's the one that feels least like it just drags on or something right it doesn't feel like they that it needed to be shorter or something like that it feels it feels just right i mean the whole pacing and you know we we often talk about doug jones saru is, is great and it and it's it's interesting But getting this backstory is cool um and also it's this kind of classic type tale of somebody who's got big ideas in a in a conservative family growing up and and so you you, you know you learn you learn a, a, about his his species you learn about a bit about starfleet and and him as a person and you, and you know these visuals are great i mean it's just i think i think it's got a lot going forward i, I really enjoyed this one
1: adam um i agree it's it's the I don't know if I enjoyed it more than any of the other ones. I think I, I think I still enjoyed escape Artist more than this one, but I will agree. This is probably the best one of all of them, just because of what it does for the character of Saru. Um, it gives this complete backstory of where he came from, his culture, you know, you get to see it, you get to feel it and you get to experience it. So when you do that for a main character, when you're able to do that for a main character, it, it makes the experience of watching the character over and over because you understand them better. So I think this is probably the most important of the four. Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of, that's how I definitely feel about it. It's a great episode. Yeah, and let me, when I put down in my notes, I'm like, you know, this would have been a cool B story in one of the episodes where there was something where there was not anything going on that, you know, that we didn't enjoy. I mean, there's plenty of, to me, there's plenty of opportunities to take this, to take this 15 minutes and put it in an episode where it probably, belonged more so than it did as a short outside of it but saying that I'm, I'm glad they did it because it it's a, it's a great thing for the character
0: That's making me wonder about this side note just like how many people watch these shorts they are not making any more of them so clearly people weren't crazy about them uh, I'm assuming not even that like the pe- people that watch the episodes didn't necessarily all watch the shorts I know I know somebody that loves the show and had no interest in these shorts but yeah, it's a shame that probably you know somebody that loves the show and loves the character of Saru and never saw this this footage or this episode. It's certainly, I agree. Uh, it's my favorite of these first four.
1: I, I would say if you were an avid Star Trek watcher and you like Discovery, you of all the shorts you have, you need to see this one just for the character backstory and um, how it. And how this influences him in the current time that he's on Discovery, and and in the future, it's you. You almost have to see it. It's like one of the you have to see this episode if you're going to watch Discovery of all the shorts.
0: It's also, I assume, another use of reuse of the sets and stuff that they were building or built for the show because we did have an episode later where he comes, where he comes home, and I remember at the time of this first airing on this one being really shocked that O shows up at the end, and she's not just she doesn't just walk on. I mean, it's, it's a scene it's an important scene, you know, when she tells him, you can never come home. It's a big deal that we're taking you away from here because you guys are pre-warp. I remember being really surprised to see her. I would have been equally surprised if we'd ever seen um, Sinequa Martin-Green show up, and she did not. I just assumed it would only be like the B characters. And in my mind, Michelle Yeoh is equal to Green. As a star in this show and then of course outside of the show she's the biggest star of all so um, i remember that really really surprising me uh what is this this piece about
1: it's a story about finding yourself accepting that you are you can't change other people you can't change you can't change you can't sometimes you can't change your environment you have to change yourself and um i think for saru the decision of leaving you know obviously that we see in this episode and and, in the series is was a very hard and difficult thing for him and but he had to do it because he would have withered and died there and so that's, that's like I said it's kind of another kind of classic story you see told over and over again but it's done done very well here and it's and it's done with a purpose to um to forward um the character of Saru.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, it's, it's that, again, that classic story. He's, he's, uh, in a, in a, in a prison of sorts, you know, he, in, in the, in, he, he loves his family, but, you know, in order to fully become everything he can be, he has to make a sacrifice. And, and of course, at this point, we believe he'll never see his family again. He never can go back. And, um, but that's important for him to be a fulfilled, you know, he never sees his father again. Right. T- right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff.
0: So we all agree this is above average for the Trex? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, moving on.
2: The Escape Artist, original release date, January third, 2019. Directed by Rain Wilson, written by Michael McMahon. Cast includes Rain Wilson as Harcourt Fenton Mudd, Dan Abramovici as guard, Harry Judge as Tevren Crit, Barbara Mabolo as Bounty Hunter, Mirren Stag as guard, and Jonathan Watton as Federation Officer.
1: Harry Mudd is captured by a bounty hunter and taken to a Federation ship. But there, the hunter finds multiple other versions of Mud already detained. Elsewhere, the real Mud continues to create Android copies of himself, so he can continue to evade authorities and make a bunch of money.
0: Adam, get us started on the Escape Artist.
1: From what I said in the last um, the last discussion, um, even though The Brightest Star is probably the best of them, I enjoyed this one more just because it's fun. Um, Rain Wilson is is he's he's great playing Harry Mud. I mean I, ca- I can't think of even the I can't think of anybody else playing Harry Mudd from now on even the original actor that's how good Rain Wilson is and wow. this is a clever <laughs> and this is a clever story um and it's in line with um Harry and his you know the, the androids and that kind of thing um um which is from the original series so it, it's fun it's clever Is it really, when we get to talking about what it's about, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot to say, but, um, like I said, just from a pure entertainment satisfaction standpoint, um, I enjoyed this episode.
0: All right. Not a Roger C. Carmel fan, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Steve. Steve
2: yeah I thought, I thought this was a lot of fun too i like rain wilson and he does he does a great job it's funny um it it, it like we kind of talked about it, these are these longer ones and it there is there are things they could have cut back on you know the uh earlier parts of it some of it gets a little same old same old but but it is it is entertaining and a lot of fun and the uh android line it kind of it you know it provides some continuity with stuff we see in the original series which that that's cool
0: what was the name of his second episode that that could have been a
2: That iMUD or yeah, there's much women in iMUD.
0: That's the one iMUD is the one with the uh, yeah,
2: yeah, so yeah, I I think it's a lot of fun, enjoy it, probably not really deep, but definitely a fun little romp, you know.
0: Yeah, when we were figuring out how we were going to discuss these, I remember saying, well, some of them probably be a shorter conversation than others. This is one of the ones I was thinking a shorter conversation because it's, I mean, it's it's fun, but it's just the same joke, kind of, there's not much characters or stuff or anything like that.
1: Well, yeah, I told it totally yeah. This you know once you figure out the um the hook, you know it's the the story is very simple and uncomplicated. I mean, the the reason that it works is, is is the performances. I mean, obviously we we mentioned Rain, you know the other people in it play along with him well. And you know if it's not for him, I mean if it's a bad performance on his part, this this episode sucks. So I mean it's this whole episode is is totally on him to make it work, and um, he does a good job doing that.
0: He, he directed this one too, right?
2: Right. So he yeah, they really yeah. Put it all, all in on him, yeah.
0: I wonder if that was uh, part of the enticement to To, get yeah, to, probably. to do it. Because uh, he was done with the character at this point, right? Because his two appearances were both in season one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh so and this did... is after. So this is the last time he did the character.
1: So do you think he'll play the character again? or have been in...
0: They have to go through some chronological gymnastics to make that happen.
1: Well, they couldn't put him in um... Strange New World. Oh, Strange New World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah That's what right. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, there, there are several lines that made me kind of laugh out loud. I like to braid your, I'll, I'll braid your little beard. <laughs> so funny. Uh, amazingly enough, this is not the funniest episode uh, of the short tracks. Um, we're gonna get to that one soon, but what is this episode
1: about? Well, that's where we're gonna be. At. That's where I'm a little bit light here. I mean, it's like I said, this it's a fun romp. This is an entertainment little short. Um, I'm not. I guess the best thing you could say what what this episode is about is um um nothing meets the eye you can't you can't trust what's right in front of you but right. I mean, it's kind of a stretch like i said i think it's just kind of a fun romp playing off the you know um the comedic value of harry mud
2: yeah misdirection and the notion of if you you know when you think we you might what you might perceive as being one situation is could be something else entirely that kind of thing but it's mostly just a big fun thing so it's You know, I don't think they're really trying to tell a moral lesson here or something.
0: This being the last of the four, it it occurred to me also, this was their proving ground for the scope aspect ratio, right? Because these four, you know, these four were Mm -hmm. before season two when they went scope. Mm -hmm. And uh, these were beautiful, watching them on my scope screen with no black bars. Very pretty. Average, above average, below average for the treks, short treks.
1: Well, I'll put him I'll put this first season in line. I'm like I said, I, I still, brightest star is the, the best one. I'll put mud, um, um Kalisca, <laughs> and am runaway. Yeah, and runaway for um, for my order this for this round.
2: I'd say pretty much middle for this for me.
1: Cool. Moving on. <laughs>
2: and A. original release date October 5th, 2019. Directed by Mark Pellington, written by Michael Chabon. Cast includes Rebecca Romaine as Una, Ethan Peck as Spock, Ensign Mount as Christopher Pike, Samora Smallwood as Lieutenant Amon, and Jeanette Goldstein as Enterprise Computer.
1: On his first day aboard the USS Enterprise, Ensign Spock. And his new superior officer, Number One, get trapped in a turbo lift. While waiting for the turbo lift to be repaired, Spock asks Number One numerous questions, and the pair bond over their similarities.
0: Now, I don't know if it's because I'm just excited about Strange New Worlds, uh, or if it's Strange New Worlds made me enjoy this more. I don't know, but I think this is actually my favorite. It's, I mean, I know it's simpler than most of the others but again high concept low budget well they're going to be on the enterprise but we're going to they're going to be trapped in a turbo episode. <laughs> you know we we get to see character stuff that makes sense we see character things that make sense where some stuff came from that we're going to find out I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna have nothing but positive thoughts about this episode and now that i've thoroughly tainted everybody steve let's get us going on q a
2: yeah, well I mean i I like it because of I mean the, the it's yeah it, it, you're kind of when you have these characters and we we already have all talked about how excited we are of strange new worlds and the and these actors playing these characters and how cool it is and all that stuff um so it's fun and seeing these two interact um in this way and and the the whole it, it's 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 very entertaining um yeah I, you know, I, I I like it, but I don't know about the the. I wouldn't go so far as to say the favorite for me, just because it's um, it it's a cool idea, but it's also really hard to, to to deliver when you when you in terms of that's a big deal to say this is Spock's first day on the Enterprise, and then whatever you're gonna do, it better be incredible because it's that's a lot to live up to in a way, right? And I I think it's it's fun and it's entertaining and it's I really like their their dialogue and they're playing off each other, all that's really cool stuff. But it's uh, you know. Um, maybe it's about setting expectations or something in that regard um but the the link this link definitely works better i think yes. for these things in general and um uh yeah i don't know what else i i really- i really like the end I really like how you know the kind of it's like they you know they have this they have this secret you know they have this secret that no one ever knows maybe that they know they share with each other and it's the first day they even meet each other and stuff and and uh yeah it's a lot of fun
0: sure love the colors (laughs) i can't get enough of all the color (laughs) adam your thoughts
1: here um yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it i I agree with you brian the um the simplicity of it worked really well and it's it's shorter it's a lot tighter than the the first one so you didn't feel like they were you know just kind of sitting in there staring at each other wasting time um i'd like to talk about rebecca is really good as number one you know we didn't. We saw her in season two, but it, it was it. This felt like the longest that we got of number one, even though you know she did have some important scenes in season two. Um, and you know, and, and this is all based off of um, Major's um, role as number one in in the original pilot. So you know, you kind of get the the sternness and the very kind of tough number one, um, very private. And so I think she did a really good job setting up the character. Um, on the foundation that Major had set up, and it's like you, Brian. I'm really excited about. I'm um, Strange New Worlds. I think she's going to be great in it, and it's it should be a lot of fun. As for, and it's a, agreed, it's it's really cool to see the interaction with um with Peck and his his, his Spock and how he's kind of making it his own. And so this is kind of like a little capsule of of what we're going to get.
0: She does a pretty decent Gilbert and Sullivan. I'm I wondering, did she learn all of that for this tiny little episode? Or was she, is she like a Broadway person I didn't well, know?
1: Well,
2: I I, I I watched the little extras that they had, and uh, they talked about how when they, they try to come up with something, okay, what quirky thing is you going to do? And they basically asked her, all right, what, what goofy things do you have up your sleeve that you know how to do? And it was, she knows a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan. It was either that or wow. like, badminton <laughs> or something that they can't do in the turbo lift. So <laughs> they said, okay, we'll do something with Gilbert and Sullivan. so
0: Wow, because yeah. it's—I mean, it's long. It's yeah. like all of it. Huh. And I guess this it implies that uh, Spock knows Gilbert and someone. Yeah,
1: he uh-huh. knows everything. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Brian, I do have one complaint. We do get the, um, the turbo lift. We get to see outside the turbo lift. And but it's not, is <laughs> it's not nearly
0: as nutty. It's not nearly as nutty. Discovery. <laughs> you but you know what? If they if they pan this camera about ninety <laughs> degrees to the left, I'm going to have all those same complaints. They didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it did feel like maybe the reason they didn't do it was just a budget thing and not, yeah. not the, yeah.
1: they <laughs> didn't have the money for the grant, the effects to, to yeah. show this big empty space,
0: but at least, you know, they were, they were all the ones we saw, they were going up and down and um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was borderline. I had that thought. Yeah. What's this episode about?
1: This is about episode is about breaking barriers through communication. So how the episode started off, you know, we have number one saying, ask me questions. I want you to ask questions. You're a science officer, um, and that becomes um, a bonding situation where they're where they're having this shared experience of being trapped in in the turbo lift. Now, it, it's a very kind of um, it's a very relatable experience that anybody can kind of take on. We've all kind of been in situations where we're kind of stuck with somebody in one place or another, and um, that experience can either be awful or it can be enlightening, enlightening and a growing experience, and that's what's the cool thing about this story is that they were able to use this to better get to know each other, to make them better crewmates, to, and, and all that going forward.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, and it's also the notion of, um, uh, I don't know, unusual traumatic events of a sort can also bring people together so they kind of like it's it's kicked off with the whole q a the, the what they're doing but the fact that they're stuck in that scenario for so long brought it to that degree and of course it's two uh, characters who are naturally very reserved too and that's what reinforces it you know then get learning you get that get some depth and what's going on inside there for two very uh you know characters who are really hard to Break those walls down for you know. So
0: I also like the little subtle references to the original pilot with him shouting. And the yes,
2: sound. yes, but,
0: yeah. So for me, this is definitely above average. You guys,
2: yeah, above average, yes. yeah, for sure. <laughs> The Trouble with Edward, original release date October 10th, 2019. Directed by Daniel Gray Longino, written by Graham Wagner. Cast includes Anson Mount as Christopher Pike, Rosa Salazar as Llewyn Lucero, H. John Benjamin as Edward Larkin, Lisa Michelle Cornelius as Sarah, Matthew Guevea as Noel, Krista Johnny as Rob, John Jarvis as Admiral Quinn, and Loretta Shanowski as Cabot Computer. <laughs>
1: On the USS Cobalt, science officer Edward Larkin tries to solve a planet's food shortage by adding human DNA to Tribbles against his captain's orders, creating a species that is born pregnant and reproduces at an explanational rate. The cabin is overrun and Larkin dies when he chooses to remain behind while the rest of his crew escape.
0: Very funny episode. I watched... It's the only one of the short tracks that I had already rewatched. just because I think it's so funny. And part of it, I admit, I love H. John Benjamin. I'm a big Archer fan. My girl loves Bubs Burgers, and I think he's incredibly funny. And actually, the Salazar, she's... What do we know? Do we know her from something? She's pretty darn funny, too. She seems
2: familiar, but I don't know yeah. from what I haven't looked up. I one. mean,
0: she has that... <laughs> <laughs> that awesome last line if he was an idiot that makes me laugh every time um where we at steve right uh steve get us going on edward
2: yeah this is this is very funny very entertaining um it's 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 you know there's a lot of absurd stuff in it you know obviously and it just goes down that path but uh it's well paced and but it,
0: it does it does seem like it's trying to be plausible in canon right it doesn't it doesn't yes, go too there, far or does it
2: well there's some problems because there were tribbles in enterprise and and so if you and they also referred to them as a different species name in enterprise when they talk about it too so and now you can because of that you can't accept that there's multiple species of tribbles and you just if you want to accept that just so you can enjoy this episode and move on but th- th- those are some questions um But overall, what they did was, was, was a fun idea, the way they handled it. And then the little ad at the end, the commercial thing, that's hilarious. And this is crazy stuff. So, but yeah, it mostly works because of the, um, the, the comedic acting on these, on these leads and especially the, the lead playing Edward, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny and something we haven't seen, not this kind of comedy in, in Trek otherwise, you know? Because it seems more like contemporary. How would
0: you compare it to like the comedy in Lower Decks, which is a show that's explicitly a comedy?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's close, but it's um, there's it's, it's mostly a stylistic thing, right? It's like comparing uh two comedy shows of a similar era, but just have a different flavor, sort of. You know what I mean? It's that the just the it's kind of the, the pace and the pauses and the uh, glances and the, and you know and and some of that. It's it's um human interaction like actual people versus being an animated thing there's that's that's different too because you there's certain things you it's hard to depending on the nature of the animated product you know what, how specific it is and lifelike or whatever you can't quite simulate so um but yeah it's a lot of fun and i enjoyed it and it's, it's, it's
0: pretty hilarious
1: adam um yeah definitely um, i might agree with all you guys it's um did you guys have scallops after you watched the episode <laughs>
0: if you take all the fur off it, it it's all meat
3: <laughs> you just That's
1: well i mean a couple of things like you said like i agree the comedy is great it's 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 great because it's like deadpan comedy just like what you were saying it's just like it's just like so nonchalant yeah if you take all the hair off and it's just a great piece of little piece of Even meat if they it's... were
0: intelligent i feel like they would be very easy to capture and then eat
1: <laughs> so and and this to me this is unique to star trek because we don't I mean, you know, everybody is kind of perfect and, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody, you know, everybody, there's no like idiot. I mean, and I don't, I don't mean to single anybody out, but I mean, I was thinking about this, like maybe the closest was, was Barkley. That was kind of different and kind of outside the box, but he wasn't this kind of idiot. He was, he wasn't an idiot. He was just had other problems, but it's, and, and even though this is just, you know, a 10 minute short it's interesting to think that oh yeah okay there are there are still idiot human beings in the you know and the you're know, you inter- somebody like
0: Barkley Barkley has a good heart yeah for sure he yeah. does not have a good heart you know <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> but that's he's the only kind of comparison and, I could
1: I I could well, kind of find yeah, yeah. Um, just you know kind of telling a different kind of character's per- perspective because like I said I,
0: yeah you feel okay laughing at this guy yeah,
1: yeah definitely yeah he's he's a he's a terrible person um, who who just is missing the um, the moral gene. That is Star Trek. You know, he's just saying all these things nonchalantly and everybody's like, uh, no, that's not what we <laughs> well, do kind here. That's part of the oh. joke,
0: too, is to drop a character like that inside normal Star Trek and all yeah, the other characters yeah. around him are, are normal Star Trek <laughs> people. But you drop that kind of character in front of those people and it's immediately funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely good stuff.
2: Yeah, it is interesting you, you say compared to lower decks kind of comparing and contrasting this kind of thing cuz there's a number of things going on here that are different right cuz you, like you said you're you're dropping an unusual character in regular trek versus lower decks the whole flavor is different right everybody's different you know it's not like it, you know they're all uh, have some extreme absurd thing going on but what it, what is similar is this notion of making fun of itself and that's what's never happened until recent history is trek really making fun of itself i mean taking some element and then just let's let's be snarky and silly about this one thing or whatever and rolling with it and stuff but it's um yeah it's fun.
1: you know and it's a very clever episode and how how this one you know i i basically call him the homer simpson of star trek that's who he kind of reminded me of like a homer simpson who could who was a genetic engineer but i mean it was very clever to kind of make this as like a geopolitical crisis as well as how it kind of affects the claim and you mentioned this earlier steve about how it kind of affected the klingons I and mean, you know we get that storyline and um deep space nine and how it really kind of interconnects with a lot of different things so it's um, not only is it funny um different but it's also very clever in how it interacts with a bunch of different storylines
0: yeah you certainly feel like the writer knew star trek what is this about
1: what i kind of came up with is like you know um office management how how you handle um <laughs> how you're supposed to handle people that, you know, are different from you or you don't get along with or or idiots. That's the only kind of thing I could think of is like, I know this kind of sounds weird, but it kind of, it's almost like an HR video. It's like how you're supposed to handle people. That's how I kind of felt like it, especially at the end when they're having that inquiry with, with the captain, like what happened here? And if you look kind of back on it, you know, there, there are places where she could have prevented a lot of this. Yeah, it but, does you know.
0: feel like she's wrong. Like the scene, whenever she's like, Nope, conversation is over. Yeah. You know, she's a lot unilaterally made a bunch of decisions. Before they even have their conversation um you know it does seem like maybe she's not entirely right like she's not she's not handling the situation uh, right yeah mm-hmm. like
1: I said <laughs> what's what,
0: not to, the whole you, point of her being a new captain you know? so, so yeah.
1: th- this would be like a perfect HR video for for Starfleet Academy you know like how to handle interoffice relationships <laughs> and how they can go wrong
2: right well you kind of alluded to it we're taking a a, a, a character that's very much not in the mold of what we've what we see and putting them with all these others and and why do you how do you handle that so yeah it is like that it's like you're um having to um how, how do you adapt that how do you handle you know someone that has a very skewed perspective on things and 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 well we learn how not to or, or where it can go wrong right so
0: for me this is above average yeah yeah cool
2: moving on wow. Ask Not, original release date, November 14th, 2019. Directed by Sanji Senaka. written by Kalinda Vasquez. Cast includes Anson Mount as Christopher Pike, Ethan Peck as Spock, Rebecca Romaine as Una, Amrit Kaur as Thira Sidhu, Steve Boyle as Security Officer, and Colette Whitaker as Station 28 Computer.
1: When Starbase 28 is attacked, cadet Thira Sidhu is commanded to take care of Captain Christopher Pike of the Enterprise. Pike t- attempts to pressure Seru into releasing him, but she refuses. Pike reveals that this is a simulation test, and by passing it, Sudhu is accepted as a part of the Enterprise crew.
0: Adam, get us going on Ask Not.
1: Um, ask Not. It's a very kind of actiony. Not. It's it's simple, but it's kind of action-y. It kind of gives you a lot of... um you know, we'll, will just start with the meeting first. You, it's very ominous. You have this prisoner brought in with, the uh, with the, um, the iron helmet, man in the iron mask, basically. Um, and then, you know, when it's revealed, it's Christopher Pike and, you know, you know, they're saying he's under arrest and you have to watch him because he, he has tried to commit mutiny. So you have this kind of, this whole setup is like, who's right, who's wrong, what's going on here. Um, he's trying to convince her and she's holding her ground. So it, it, it the the whole episode is kind of anxious in that way it's like um it's it's so it kind of feels faster paced and more actiony but it's very simple so that's kind of the cleverness of of this episode it's very simple it's in basically in one room in the brig but you have this friction between the two characters that um moves the story along and obviously at the end you know it's it's a test of character and um and will and um to determine you know if she is, um, if this cadet um, has the stuff to be on the Enterprise.
0: Steve.
2: Yeah, this is, this is, uh, it's kind of it's a certain kind of style. It's a, it's very fast paced, fat, you know, um, uh, action-y kind of deal. Um, I think it's it's a little bit like we all know what's going on. I mean it's it's you were a hit we know we know that we know what's gonna happen. We know the story from the get-go. You you kind of see what they're what they're doing here. You know it's gonna be something like what it ends up being. That's that's kind of my feel on it. I mean I, I I think it's fine and you know we all like Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. I think uh, the uh, the other actor does a great job as well, and everything's cool. But it does we we know exactly what's going to happen, and it all just kind of goes that way. And so it's I don't I don't know what how you can get much shorter than what it already is. So I'm not going to say it's like they had to cut something out of it, but it's it's it it is what it is. You know, it's it's going to be this test, and uh, it's not going to be for real. And she's going to pass it, and I feel like that's kind of a given from the get go or something. So
0: I don't know. I, I feel like maybe this is a weaker one for me the motivations he said he has the line to her about you know we need to know that you'll honor your commitment to Starfleet even when loopholes appear or something I mean like that's that's the entire impetus for this test or something I don't know it just feels a little felt a little bit like a stretch a little bit weak
2: and you kinda ask you you're forced to ask questions on like how do they have time to do this for everybody like what yeah.
0: Well, d- number one has that line about like this, this this was my idea. Like, they spent a lot of time setting this up, and it is <laughs> Really?
3: Yeah.
0: You, do you do that for everybody?
2: And well, when that leak, no one can keep secrets. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, oh, it's this. Oh, I see where we're going here. I mean, it's hard. To...
1: You'd get a heads up. You're like, okay, you're going to go through some crazy test. Just hold your ground.
0: <laughs> I think what they were going for, you know, because there's there's a little bit there where they're kind of bouncing regulations back and forth. And, you know, I feel felt like maybe they they wanted that, I don't know, something like duet, you know, the kind of verbal Mm. tennis match. And I never really felt like they got there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. This one is, I mean, it's not bad, but I'm probably going to say it's below average just because so many of these are pretty high quality. But yeah, it just, it feels like they're aiming high here and maybe just a little bit missed the mark on this one for me. I don't know. And you're right. The performances are really good. There's just something...
1: And this has been done before in I mean, this kind of reminded me of when Wesley was took his yeah. first Star. I mean, this has been done, I think it was done in Deep Space Nine with Nog. So I mean, it's not even a new concept for even Star Trek. I mean, it's been done a few times.
2: Yeah, I like to see one where someone thinks a real thing is is fake. You know, because if everyone's <laughs> doing this, I like to see the one where they're like, it's oh, actually real. blow it up and actually shoot somebody or something like that. Because it's like, ha, I'm pulling this crap again. If
0: I was her, though, I would have just been like done right as soon as that didn't work i'd be like oh this
1: isn't a real weapon i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) she starts like fighting him or something to knock him out (laughs) well steve you sounds like you got a good idea for like a dark comedy to kind of go off of what they did with tribbles kind of
0: right right
1: (laughs) what is this episode about defining loyalty and morality in the face of stress and danger
2: I think it's one of these where they're trying to deliver something that's about, but they don't, they, it just doesn't, it's not in, interesting enough to deliver the mark or what it misses the mark a bit on that in that way, because I think they're trying to do exactly. It's one of these where they're telling you what it's about, but then you're like, okay, well, you have to tell me that I don't really, you know, it's uh, this whole idea of, you know, if you, if you are really, I don't know, the right, got the right stuff, you're going to sacrifice anything and stick to, you know which even that is is kind of ridiculous because we also get a message pretty consistently in this show that uh thinking outside the box and not just sticking with regulations often leads to better outcomes too so i don't know
1: I, I did. I did think it was a little bit over the top that, that you know her husband was going to die. Like she's basically going to have to sacrifice her husband. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, kind of rough. What's a little over the, the top there? Thing
0: yeah, is... yeah it, it totally could have ended like where she's really angry. Like, are you kidding?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: just on this ship, you guys are crazy. That'd
2: have been interesting. <laughs> yeah. She leaves Starfleet because if this is how you treat people, <laughs> yeah, you know, screw you. Part of this. <laughs>
0: uh, average above below, Say below. Yeah, I agree. All right. Moving on.
2: Ephraim and Dot, original release date, December 12th, 2019. Directed by Michael Giacchino, written by Chris Silvestri and Anthony Marinville. Cast includes Kirk Thatcher as narrator and Jeanette Goldstein as Enterprise Computer.
1: A tardigrade looking for a place to lay her eggs crosses paths with the USS Enterprise and is attacked by a repair drone named Dot. When the Enterprise self-destructs, Dot helps save Ephraim's eggs. When the eggs hatch, the pair travel with the baby trans- <laughs> tardigrades together.
0: Adam, get us going on this one. Ephraim and Dot.
1: Um, so this is the full, first full-on animated one that we've gotten. First of all, I'll say it's, it's cool. It's kind of old. First
0: animated Trek in how many decades?
1: <laughs> Several. <laughs> well, Going back to mid-70s, correct? Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like the animation is, it's, 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 you know, you can tell it's, you know, modern, like, what is it? 2019 when this came out, but it still kind of has that kind of style from the seventies. At least that's kind of how I felt. Just it had a little bit of kind of the style from there back then. I don't know if that's had anything to do with it, but it's also a clever story. We have the story of the tardigrade who we got in season one of discovery. This is how they, you know, or was it C
0: much like uh Rain Wilson, that tardigrade thought that's it. I'm done on the show. <laughs> um, I'm out,
1: you know, I don't have to do it yeah, anymore. And I've, I've called I've,
0: me back and I was like flattered, yeah, but
1: I, I gave stamens my DNA so he could travel the uh um, yeah, mitochondria right. and you know. So they told me up.
0: they had like they, they told them they had like this time travel thing and then that's how they were able to
2: surprise the tardigrade didn't get a directing gig out of it too <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: maybe maybe they did this you know it's just probably amazing. asked for it, yeah. they're
0: like no jacquino's that's how he's, he's <laughs> gonna write the music so he gets to direct it all right
1: so like we mentioned you know a lot of these Trek shorts are clever and this one is clever too it takes a, a story idea from the the newest, most modern, you know, Star Trek show, Discovery. And it goes back to the original series. Um, and, you know, we have the Tardigrade trying to lay eggs in the Enterprise. You know, we get a little bit of, um, you know, Space Seed with um, Khan. There's an, another couple episodes, you know, and, you know, we so see the Enterprise. Web. Yeah, we see the Enterprise kind of traveling through time as the Tardigray. So it's kind of like a nice, um, it's a nice romp through um, Trek history. And then obviously we get to Star Trek Three brian's favorite movie of all yeah, time
0: would you give this up ep- this episode so many bonus points
1: so it's, it's very clever in, the, in that respect. So, and it's funny, it's like, I, you know, we watched um, Star Trek three, you know, we talked about those last summer and I, I and when I watched, I, I thought about this episode, I'm like, Oh, the tardigrade's in there somewhere doing cause this, <laughs> this is canon. So this actually happened. So you, you can hmm. watch Star Trek three and kind of get a little, little extra story in there. Like, Oh, the tardigrade got its eggs, you know? So it's a very, it's a cute, it's cute. It's a nostalgic romp. And um, yeah, it's, it's a good app.
0: Of course. I, I... Chiquino does like little hints at the the music from some of these different episodes, especially um, the movies. It's really clear when he's got his James Horner stuff in there, which is mm-hmm. so much fun to watch. Uh, Steve, it, it's it's definitely
2: got it checks all the boxes in terms of it's it's novel. I mean, this is you know this kind of thing has not been done. I mean, you know, with all the and if you're a Trek fan, especially the original series, it's you know
0: how much fun is it to
2: the way they do I like it.
0: the idea that if you're gonna do a short do something you would never ever do in an episode
2: yeah yeah something something you just you could you couldn't do it well there'd be no w- way to do this well and not animated right or whatever and so and then the, you mentioned the music um, the uh, uh, all, all these elements um, I will say it's kind of I mean to me the the it's it's one of these that you you're just you're you're enjoying the concept and what they're doing but as far as the core story if you want to say if that's what's going on i mean i don't i, I don't i don't know what i'm going to say about uh, to me that's kind of light on that you know what i mean yeah. it, it's because it's not that's not what it's about it's more of just a uh, let's let's do this it's like a trick let's do let's show you this fun trick and do the whole thing but the narrative narration the narrative of it you know there's not, not much to it
1: yeah to how, how could scotty knight find those eggs for 30 years you know, he's, not, he's really not a very <laughs> good engineer. he left let those eggs in the core for that long.
0: They're really tiny, right? And,
1: and didn't they do a refit okay. at some point? So, I mean, you know, they wouldn't have seen them then.
0: Yeah, survive the refit. <laughs> there's a moment when it's, the tardigrade is, like, going through pipes or something, and it almost felt like a Looney Tunes kind of cartoony episode. Oh, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's bits where there's it's it's a little bit all over the map. I, I, I did have that that thought, like, where the, the second it stepped away from nostalgia side story Star Trek stuff, you know what's going on in the background. The second it stepped away from that, and then I was kinda like like somebody slapped me and woke me (laughs) up and I'm like, oh, there's no story here. (laughs) There's there's no character. There's no But I I think those other things it's a it's a right. I I think it's okay I think it's okay to vamp on something like that for a few minutes when you've got a cool um lick or something. If they were all like this, uh that would be bad. But I think I think it's okay that they did this one time.
1: Yeah, it's something, you know it, Fantasia, the Fantasia movies were are a good kind of example, you mm-hmm. know. You have this musical romp that doesn't really say anything. It's just a musical animation ride, and that's what this is. As far as what you know, if we wanted to get in what it's about, I then you know
0: Again, it gets bonus points because it has moments from Star Trek Three. Even yes. the great ship going through the atmosphere as it's being destroyed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's pretty
0: amazing. What is it about?
1: I mean, this might be a stretch. It's just, you know, kind of the um, melding of um, technology and nature, how they've, you know, uh, maybe that's a metaphor of like how technology and real life are, are kind of fight each other. But in the end, they kind of come together. That's probably a stretch, but that's what I came up with.
2: The story, there's, there's not much there, but I mean, obviously the, this, uh, you know the the robot. Uh, it it basically you know it's it's fighting the whole time to following protocol, and then in the end does something new, you know human. Some yeah some, and so there is that element and that is that is there is some Star Trek y about that. I mean you know not much story, but this notion of uh, going beyond your programming in a sense to do something you know worthwhile and all that that that's that's nice. So
0: above average or below
2: above. Say about average,
0: Steve. Just for the record, there was a Star Trek Three bit in there. Does that change your <laughs> calculation? <laughs> Oops, I forgot about that. No.
1: A minute now, below average, right, Steve? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know I can like mute you <laughs> and
2: make me say you. things that are no, no, no. not cool. <laughs> The Girl Who Made the Stars, original release date, December 12th, 2019. Directed by Olatunde Osensanmi, written by Brandon Schultz. Cast includes Kenrick Green as Mike Burnham and Kiri McAlpin
1: as Michael Burnham. Young Michael Burnham's father eases her fear of the dark by telling her a story about a young African girl. In the story, the girl's people fear the dark because of a predatory night beast. But she braves the night and discovers an alien that gives her new light. The girl uses this to create the stars and grows up to be a warrior queen.
0: Steve, kick us off on this one. The girl who made the stars.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, conceptually, this is interesting to take a... Uh, well, you know, it's it's connected. It's one of these, it's, it's got a connection to discovery, obviously, but it's not a, you know star tricky kind of thing right it's just a it's a a story about something from her childhood and it really it's mostly uh dream stuff you know i mean it's kind of just uh, here's a folk story and we're gonna uh visualize that and so on so that but she I like, did
0: mention it or something in one of the actual episodes yes. right yeah
2: and i and they got the guy that p- played her father to voice it i, I understand too i think oh, okay. um so they the, you know they do all good things now i i can't say i um Really in, enjoy this one a lot. I mean, it's it's. I like the concept. I like what they did. It looks great. You know, another animated one in a different style and you know, animation style too. That's cool and stuff. But you know, it, it's neat to see a, a folktale told in this fashion. But I think it's it's so separated from Trek, and it's not to me. It's not doing anything narratively really incredible fascinating or something like that to make it a highlight for me or anything else. I, 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 do like that they chose to do this. I think it's, I think it's interesting and it all looks, it looks fantastic and it's all cool, but uh, you know, otherwise it's, for me it's not particularly memorable in some way, I guess.
0: Yeah. It sounds like we had similar uh, feelings on this one, uh, Adam.
1: Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd agree. And I think probably because this kind of feels like it's, I don't know if this was the, the intent or not, but this one really feels like it was made for children you know, you could show this to your five-year-old or whatever. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tale about, you know, overcoming fear and it's, you know, it's used as kind of an old folk story. You know, it's got the dad telling the little girl a bed story. So it has the feel of it, of a children's story. So I don't know if that had an effect on any of us, but that's how I kind of felt about it. Cause it's kind of like, I already knew the end before it even got going. Um, so but I agree the the animation's great. It looks cool. I think I enjoyed it more the next the second time around than I did the first. I don't know why. Couldn't really tell you, but um second time around I felt better about it than the first time. I think the first time I don't know I don't know what maybe I was just in a bad mood. I tell you who knows. But um yeah, animation's great. The story's cute. I mean it gives I mean a little bit of backstory about Michael. I don't really think it adds a whole lot to her character because she does mention this in one of the episodes that you guys mentioned. So um yeah, there's that.
0: It's interesting to compare this one to Ephraim and Dot because, I mean, Ephraim and Dot is an animated short that uh, completely wouldn't work or exist without Star Trek. But but you could argue that that's a failing of that episode, or of that short, is that it completely falls apart without having some connection to those Star Trek moments to get you through it. As opposed to the girl who made the stars where if they changed the title and didn't say Star Trek ahead of it, mm-hmm. took the you know Delta shields off the dad's, you know, shirt there at the beginning, it, it wouldn't be, wouldn't have to be Star Trek at all. It would stand alone as just a little bedtime story for a little girl. Um, so, you know, if I try, I try to be objective and, and say, how much do I enjoy something like Eferman Eff- Dot because of the truck nostalgia? And how much do I not enjoy this one as much because it has no Star Trek and I'm not a five-year-old girl? <laughs> <laughs> but...
2: Newsflash. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we acknowledge that, though, right? We talk about when we talk about Ephraim and Dot, we talk about bonus points for this, bonus points for this. We essentially when we when we do that, we're kind of like doing this kind of reverse handicap thing on an episode. And then we say what we like and what we don't. And we and we all watch stuff that's not Star Trek. It's not like we don't enjoy stuff with Star Trek. And we've all I think we've all seen shorts that I'm sure we really enjoy that are this length and they do a great job. And so I don't Yeah, I've got these beige ones that I love <laughs> <laughs> to wear hot day. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think in this one it just doesn't I don't think it just it's 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 great to look at and stuff too, but to me that it's just not a in depth enough there's something really trying to convey that they pull off to me. It just is like, okay, that's fine, but I'm not moved much i guess or something
0: i think if they i'm not i'm not knocking it for this but what if the very end had been you know instead of jumping back to pers- the queen or whoever that was you know if we jump forward to adult burnham mm.
1: yeah, know, I think that and, and just connecting Telling us
0: that one little bit i don't know
1: maybe her tell- i mean it would have been cool like yeah I, I agree with you brian if it jumped to to green or michael burnham Telling the story to a little girl and then you can just leave it ambiguously. It's like, is this her daughter? Or is this not her daughter. You know, you can just cut that would have kind of made it more of a mystery. If she's just telling the story that's completely out of context from the series to a little girl and they don't explain who this girl is, it kind of would have made it a little bit more interesting.
0: What is this episode about?
1: Um, again, it's, it's a coming of age story. Um, it's about overcoming fear um as a you know as a child and adult it's you know it's about facing your fear overcoming it and um growing growing from it so you know it's a it's a basic story
2: yeah i mean i i struggle to really connect to something that makes it have a have a moral or something of like that but it, there is something about that of growing up and learning to get past a fear that kind of thing there there is that there in it to some extent yeah
0: above average or below
2: average Let's say below children of mars original release date january 9th 2020 directed by mark pellington written by kirsten byer jenny lumet and alex kurtzman cast includes joy castro as mom andrea davis as teacher jason deline as dad Ilamaria maria ibrahim as Kima, alex kell as secretary sadie monroe as lil and robert verloc as principal <laughs>
1: Two squirrel girls on Earth develop a fierce rivalry, but are drawn together by a tragedy when they see news of Mars in its orbital facilities, attacked by rogue synthetics. During the news footage, an image of Admiral John Luke Picard appears with the network reporting that Picard called the attack devastating.
0: Children of Mars. So this was the last one aired as well then, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I didn't, in in my brain, it's like, it's so hard to think, oh, this was just before the pandemic, right? Yeah, it's so crazy. I'm sure we have lots of thoughts about this one. I I like that this one is aiming so high. And I I think it's very pretty. I've often talked about the slice of life, like we mentioned earlier, or how I like, you know, living in the universe. And I love those bits of, because we don't see a lot of what life is like, normal life is like on Earth in Star Trek, because we're not there very much. I really enjoy those bits. But I have one big issue with this episode that I'll get to in a second. Steve, get us going on Children of Mars.
2: So yeah, I think well, there the, some of the problems are that we kn- we know going in that this is going to be something to do with a leading into Picard. And so it's got these very high expectations, at least that's how I felt about it. It's kind of like, okay, well, we're going to get for the first time leading into that series and so this is a big deal. And obviously you only get a little hint at any of it that relates to it. And you don't fully understand until later how it relates to that series and what they're going for. Um, but I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with it looking good and I, it gets points for um, seeing, seeing a side, a part of Trek that we've, we we do not see or have hardly ever seen this kind of element of life. But it also felt uh, there was a, it was a lot of petty stuff. You know, we don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know this whole, these two girls don't like each other. And then they bond because they both have, okay, sure. But it's just, it feels pedestrian kind of, it, it's like, it's just, and, and the focus seems to be more on just why are they so nasty with each other? All the this all this time. And it's just like, man, it gets tiresome. And, and then so what they hold hands when they have something in common at the end because of their parents are both on Mars and, I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I can't relate to it very well. It feels too close to some kind of um, high school kind of show where, you know, the drama or something. And that, that, that doesn't feel Trek to me. And I don't, I don't want that to be part of that, part of this. And it's just that, that, these are, those are my thoughts on it.
0: I also give them points for, there's not really any dialogue in this episode, right? True. That's true. I, I that's always enjoy that sort of thing. I always yeah. remember my favorite episode of The Prisoner. You know, one of my top two or three TV shows of all time pulled something like that off. Um, Adam, your first thoughts here?
1: I think I'm going to have to be on on Steve's side here. Yeah, there's, you know, the story of these two girls who are, rival, who are rivals set to Peter Gabriel singing We Can Be Heroes. It's kind of a weird contrast. I don't, you know, as much as I love the song and listen, listen, listening to Peter Gabriel, it doesn't match what I'm seeing. <laughs> on the screen but you're still watching it. So, I don't qu- I mean, so we had another ep- we we had another episode that we just talked about called Q&A where you had two characters that bonded over a common experience. But in that story, we understood um the nature of that. We we understood the context of what was going on there. In this episode the only kind of context that I can get out of it is that both of these girls come from you know, working class families in the 23rd century, um, that, you know, like young, you know, young girls, young boys, young people in general have to deal with, you know, working parents, that kind of thing. So on that, that frame, um, Brian, I kind of agree with you that it's kind of cool to see normalcy in Star Trek. Whereas, you know, we kind of get, always get the, you know, the, the high, the high grade story. So it's the the slice of life thing is kind of cool, but i like Steve, I don't really relate to it. They're both really nasty to each other the whole episode. And at the end, they have a, not just a common experience, a very common horrific tragedy that bonds them because their families have just been killed. And so that's what kind of brings them together. So yes, you're listening to Peter Gabriel, which to me is a great song. And then you're, you're seeing this horrific thing happen to these two girls. So it just doesn't match to me and it doesn't feel feel right. That's
0: my big thing that bothers me the most. I I love that song as much as the next (laughs) guy, but it makes zero sense here. It's literally talking about the opposite. (laughs) We can be heroes during this, overly long physical fight between these two girls in the hallway it makes it just i breaks it and i don't get it the first time i ever saw that i was completely perplexed and
1: and it probably wasn't cheap to get to use that whole song. I
0: know it doesn't make any sense like if you just if you took the vocals out it would be okay
1: yeah but, but we would all, we all know the sense. song but we, it still wouldn't be okay because the, yeah, uh, the, yeah you, right. i know the melody
0: it almost accentuates the opposite of the hopeful future that we mm-hmm. uh, love Star Trek Yeah it Park. has a very
1: it has a very dark ending. I mean it's very yeah. dark. This is the darkest of them all that we watched today. Yeah.
0: Now this this takes place because because Picard opens up many years after this event, right? Right. Yes. Like about how long was it? I can't
1: remember. 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, it Jeez. feels like it's
2: a decade-ish, something like yeah, that, okay. where uh, between these kinds of things going on and then where the series starts, yeah.
0: I remember at the time being amazed at the production value until I started, yeah. until Picard came out. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. They made those all those crazy shots for Picard, not for this short. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: of course. Of course, that's what happened. What is this uh, episode about?
1: Clearly, they're trying to create a bonding moment between these two girls that connects them. Um I don't think they do a very good, you know, like I said, I contrasted this with Q and A where that in that one, they did a very good job giving the audience, um, context to where Spock and number one bond In this one, I think they're trying to do the same thing, but they kind of do it in the very opposite light. I don't know. I guess you could say, you know, um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So that's how they bond. I, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure how they're, what they're, I think I know what they're trying to say. I just don't think they do a very good job of it.
2: Yeah. I think they're trying to do the, you know, tragedy bringing people that are, you know, against each other together because they have some kind of, sure. I mean, that's, it's really obvious, but I don't, I don't care kind of you know I don't, i mean it's it's it is awful what's apparently happened to these characters, but because the whole thing is difficult to relate to and it's a bit silly and feels very very not star trek i don't I don't care by the end of it, you know, so that can be what they're trying to do, but it doesn't gel with me or whatever all
0: right, so below average, yeah, yes, all right uh just tell me like what your i don't know my my let's say three favorite. Brightest Star, Q and A, Trouble with Edward for me. Yeah. Honorable mention for Ephraim dot Star Trek Three stuff.
1: I'll throw not in any particular order. I'll throw um obviously I guess I, I have to throw um the Escape Artist in there. Q and A and um shoot, Brightest Star, Trouble with Edward, I don't know. So that's that's where I'm landing in that area. Yeah,
2: I think I have the same would have the same three as you did, Brian. Um, yeah, brian Brightest Star Q&A. Trouble with trouble with Edward. I mean, I, I definitely think Q&A and the Brightest Star the for me the best of each of their
0: mm-hmm.
2: runs or whatever. I think
0: boy Q&A makes me <laughs> want to see Strange yeah. New World. Oh my lord! Mm-hmm. I just I hope it's that you know, and I hope it's yeah. I hope it's just as bright and colorful and positive Mm -hmm. and not saving the universe from something that's going to kill millions of people. I really do.
1: I would say overall, I really enjoyed the, the shorts. I mean, I know, I know they're not probably not going to be made. It'd be nice to kind of get a couple here and there, you know, kind of how Marvel does their little shorts with um after the credits uh, those are really short but well, that's of-
0: a perfect example because they actually did do shorts for a while early on they don't do that anymore mm-hmm. because it's, it's money and you gotta have a reason for it but
1: i think there's a fine line i mean i think you can definitely overdo it i don't think i i kind of felt like six was too many the second time around even though I enjoyed the second season more. But I would definitely like to see one here and there, especially especially where it makes sense, where it's okay, we didn't have time to give this character enough screen time during the series because we're going 100 miles an hour trying to save the universe. Um, so I kind of like that idea of like, hey, let's give this character a little bit of love on a, in a five, 10 minute mm-hmm. short.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that they, it's when they do things that you can't really do in the, in the long form in a short, that's when it's enjoyable, just in the same way, the animation ones. So when they do things in an animated episode that you can't do in otherwise. So to me, that would be a great thing is some kind of anthology thing with a whole lot of animated episodes or something like that. That would be cool because you can tell a whole lot of stories in a whole lot of different ways. Um, but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed these.
1: I should get Piz- Pixar to do it. <laughs>
0: uh it's a good segue into uh i've been watching prodigy yeah my 10 year old thinks uh um, it's hard to get him to watch it uh we've watched what well there was the two part first episode and then two standalone episodes since i think i think so and he's been like this is for for five-year-olds or six-year-olds my son is 10 it's like this is for little kids not 10 year olds basically
2: i can't tell all of it when I, i i'm not a good judge of this i mean i watch uh a variety of things for my five-year-old and some things I know are too old for her, but um, Walking
0: Dead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, right. I, I don't know the difference. No, I, I like, I've liked it fine so far, but isn't, so this is what coming, this is the first time we got two different things going on at once. Just for week, one right? day. One, one day. That's yeah.
0: it. It's, there, it's there. They're Thursday. taking a break after episode five. And we're not. Then they don't come back until January, I think. Mm-hmm. And they found they said there's going to be like it's going to be like 20 episodes, sort of for season one.
1: Right. So they're going to get five more in the blocks. spring, and then they're mm-hmm. going
0: to take a long break, and then we're going to get 10 more. How do they decide what's a the season? Then? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like Netflix with that Jurassic Park uh, Camp Crestation show. It's like every few months, it was like, oh, here's another season. I'm like, there's no way you just started that and made it in three <laughs> months. They had to evolve in at once, but you're just breaking it up. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know. It's, it's very confusing.
1: Yeah, Netflix. I kind of remember Netflix doing that with Voltron too. On um, the when they yeah re- yeah re- like like you would get I'd watch a season of Voltron and then like a couple months later a new season would come out and then I'd have to wait like a year. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on here with this show?
0: Listeners, um, apologies. Last episode we said we were going to be back in two weeks and then take a week off. Well, we decided to take that week off already. <laughs> so uh, this episode is posting a week later than originally planned. But as a consequence, we will not. We will now. That means we will be back in two weeks, and not three. So we are going to be back in two weeks to discuss the first two episodes of Discovery's fourth season for the first time in the ten plus history of ten year plus history of our podcast. We're going to discuss live new Star Trek as it airs. It's an experiment. but bo- my friends,
1: <laughs> we're going to but, be current.
0: <laughs> the great experiment. Yes, uh, we're going to see how that goes. I, yeah,
2: got to take notes on the first airing of a show or something, or watch it twice. Yeah. Yeah, it also will be di- different because, and I don't, it'll be hard to judge, but how that affects things. But it'll be the first time we don't know where it's going. Yeah, you know that what we, you know, that we won't know where the season is. No spoilers. Ends. Promise yeah. you,
0: there will be no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. <Right. laughs> cool. All right. Well, we hope you'll join us when we're back in two weeks to discuss the first two episodes of Discovery's fourth season. Thank you for spending no doubt over an hour with us to get through all the short tricks. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at TrekCompanion. And uh, let's boldly go in two weeks. Till next time, take it easy.
1: Bye, guys. See ya. If, um, I and passed it.